you know, I'm, I'm a very right brain, left brain person. I mean, I've come out of the creative industry. I was a professional artist for, for many years. I, I still you know, practice my art, so to speak. I have a MFA, <laughs> a Master of Fine Arts degree. Um, and I'm a very data-driven person at the same time running a you know, performance-based uh, content marketing software platform. And so a lot of what we do at Fable is blend art and science. And so uh, I, I love this stuff. I love that storytelling uh, sort of, uh, you know, represents that synthesis of art and science, of uh, data and creativity. That was Taj Forer, co-founder and CEO of the content experience platform Fable. Fable is a SaaS solution designed to take all of that great content that you create and put it into highly visual, immersive content experiences. And you don't need the help of a developer or an IT group or a brand agency to help you do that. There's a really interesting stat on the Fable website that claims that visitors spend an average page read time of 3.16 minutes on Fable created content. That's compared to the average page read time of 36 seconds across the internet. It's a big claim and it made me want to understand why that might be true. So I reached out to Taj and we talked about the platform, but we talked about more than that. We talked about storytelling and we talked about the truth of whether attention spans are really declining or they're just really actually evolving. Here's that conversation. I hope you enjoy it. One of the first things that I wanted to talk about was this idea of attention spans declining. And you've talked about that in some presentations. Um, I saw um, a transcript of one of the presentations that you did recently, but I've also uh, read research that shows they really aren't declining, they're just evolving. And because obviously everyone brings up the whole binging on Netflix kind of conversation. Right? <laughs> so um, are we talking about the same thing? Like, is that kind of what you mean anyway? Oh, I love that you asked that question um, because you're right. I mean, the, the, uh, the, 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 the goldfish slide in marketing presentations, which I am guilty of having used in the past, um, is a bit nauseating to me at this point. Um, that that's a slide that shows that uh, you know goldfish have a longer attention span than the modern person. Um, and the, the the reality is that attention spans are <clears throat> evolving, like like you said. Um, and the majority of the research that um, that that I've done and that others um, that uh, that that you know from my team have have supplied. Um, effectively orients attention around its task dependency. So it's not to say that attention spans are declining. In fact, there are cases to be made and some data that supports that attention spans may in fact be uh, on, on the, the, the incline, not, not the, the decline. Uh, but uh, the, the attention uh, reality is that the the task dependent nature of attention is where uh, the most compelling you know conversations and research from from my perspective is being uh, you know it, it is rooted um, and so when we look at the the quote like multitasking paradigm that we continue to live into um, we are inundated with interruptions. We are inundated with more and more tasks that need to be accomplished immediately because we have communication channels and devices and technologies that have just exploded from adoption and adoption standpoint so quickly 
um, we're in a very you know sort of reactionary place uh, in in the world today, whether it's personal or professional. Um, but you know, I, I've I've recently read a lot of criticism of using Slack in the workplace. I love Slack, uh, but yeah. if you don't have your notifications set up properly, um, it is a perpetual and endless uh, interrupt, you know, interruption channel. Um, so attention really depends on, you know, the task dependency. And so, you know, circling back to the Netflix example, um, that's a beautiful one, right? Like when we, when we switch on Netflix, um, you know, we have one task at hand and that's to be entertained. Um, and Netflix rises to the occasion, uh, as far as holding attention by building personalization, into the experience by, uh, you know, automatically rolling one episode into the next by allowing you to you know, skip the introductory uh, credits for the show that you're binging on by getting to the end of the documentary and uh, recommending other documentaries algorithmically based on your, you know, content consumption behaviors and the data that they've connected to your user profile. And so the, uh, you know, the, the, epic attention that we can give to Netflix content is uh, indicative of a our ability to maintain attention on, uh, you know, on, on something, uh, but the task dependency, and then uh, responding to that with format and experience, um, which Netflix, I think, excels at, and, uh, and in turn, you know, uh, the, the, uh, there went our weekend. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, yeah, definitely know that story. So, but it, so what it sounds like though, um, really is when you when you binge Netflix, you're getting into a story and you're you know you're getting involved in a story. So it seems like a lot of getting and keeping attention revolves around this idea of creating a story around what you're talking about as opposed mm. to just kind of spitting stuff out. And, um, and one of the other things that you said was people retain 20% more information when the, it, when that information is communicated through some kind of a narrative and story. So from a B2B perspective, like how are you defining what a story is? Because there are just so many different ways that you can define that today. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, one of the things that I always uh, find myself gravitating toward is history and, uh, and, and, and different uh, approaches to, to looking at uh, history. And, you know, from an anthropological perspective, uh, many anthropologists um, who have studied the evolution of our species um, you know, understand that our evolution is in large part attributable to storytelling and imbued in the stories of ancient human beings uh, were critical uh, pieces of survival information that needed to be retained, that needed to be passed on from generation to generation, whether it was, you know, what what time of the year to plant the right crop or, you know, which uh, body of water to drink from and which one to avoid because, you know, it, it, it was toxic. Um, the use of narrative, the use of storytelling to ensure that information that was critical to the evolution of the species, um, albeit not perhaps, um, you know, uh, as holistically 
uh, understood at the time uh, by those practicing these traditions, um, you know, is, is imbued in us. And uh, so many anthropologists argue that we are hardwired to engage with content that is delivered through narrative, through the act of storytelling, uh, because that is intrinsic to our nature and our evolution as a species. And, um, and to your point, you know, when we look at, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, cinema or television uh, or a beautifully, uh, you know, personified customer success story, uh, we see storytelling al alive and well. Um, and so when I talk about the, the use of storytelling and marketing and, you know, looking most specifically at B2B, um, you know, what, what I'm referencing is the, the basic building blocks of a, uh, a, a narrative structure. So we have a character, uh, uh, we have a place or a setting, uh, we have conflict or tension, uh, and then we have resolution. Um, and if you, you know, look at uh, any of your favorite films, you're going to see that, uh, that, that those building blocks are present and you can move around uh, the bu building blocks. Um, they don't necessarily need to, you know, uh, evolve sequentially in that order, but those are the building blocks of a story and, uh, and a successful packaging of content within that framework ensures that narrative is at play, that those storytelling receptors, so to speak, are being activated and the likelihood of retention of information imbued in that story increases. And when analyzed, we see the data shows approximately 20% increase to the retention of information when it's structured via that uh, narrative format or storytelling format. So, you know, I'm, I'm a very right brain, left brain person. I mean, I come out of the creative industry. I was a professional artist for, for many years. I, I still you know, practice my art, so to speak. I have a MFA, <laughs> a Master of Fine Arts degree. Um, and I'm a very data-driven person at the same time running a you know, performance-based uh, content marketing software platform. And so a lot of what we do at Fable is blend art and science. And so uh, I, I love this stuff. I love that storytelling uh, sort of, uh, you know, represents that synthesis of art and science of uh, data and creativity. I wonder, I guess, why is it so hard for brands to kind of evolve their marketing approach into more storytelling? I mean, there are many, many, I can't, I'm gonna, I don't even know how many people out there on LinkedIn who, you know, promote themselves as storytellers, helping brands tell the right stories, like, brands just can't seem mm. to figure out how to do it like because everybody doesn't want to say I don't want to tell the story like a traditional you know fictional story like the hobbit or something like that like how do you translate that idea of you know a hero in a location and a you know kind of a challenge like how do you translate that into a business perspective mm. Well, you know, for, for me, um, and, and, and the reason I think a lot of brands are engaging like specialists and consultants and agencies, et cetera, to help them with this, um, it, 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 it relates to uh, my perspective that the root of that problem is almost a lack of empathy at the brand level. And, and you know, and when, you know, when we as uh, a representative of a brand think about 
embodying the, not just the persona that's on a report, but, you know, embodying the experience of one of the customers or prospective customers, uh, we can reverse engineer the approach to messaging that we would want to hear or that we would likely find to be effective or compelling or differentiated or entertaining, you know? Um, this idea of, uh, of, you know, delight and surprise your audience, right, comes to mind. Uh, but for some reason, I think particularly within the context of large organizations um, and, and legacy organizations, um, most notably, there is this inability to empathize with those that we are ultimately serving. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's about product SKUs and it's about spreadsheets and it's not about human experience. Um, and so more than anything, I think what a lot of these consultants and agencies and thought leaders are being engaged to do is to just kind of shake up the thinking a little bit to create space for more empathy, for more relatability. Um, and in so doing, to sort of set the stage for a strategy to emerge that is rooted in putting the human being first, the audience member, not the audience persona. Um, and when that happens, we see incredible transformation. I think, you know, Beth Comstock's tenure uh, as, as CMO um, at, uh, at GE is, is very indicative of this. Um, and, you know, what she did was she came in as a change maker and she shook things up and she was very threatening to the GE establishment and, uh, you know, almost lost her job uh, during the process of uh, that transformational leadership that, that she exhibited, which, you know, if, 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 you, if you know her or you know her work uh, or you've seen her speak or be interviewed, you know, you come to see is ultimately rooted in, um, in applying empathy and, and creating these new modes of relating to the actual people and their experiences that the brand is, uh, you know, struggling to uh, you know, connect with or, or translate um, ideas for. Um, so, you know, I, I think that is, is ultimately, um, at, you know, at the root of, um, of, 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 of those dynamics um, and, you know, and why we see so much outside help and support um, as being needed because, you know, we all develop uh, muscle groups and, you know, sometimes they aren't as relevant as they once used to be and it can be challenging to, um, you know, let go of them because so much work went into developing them and, and developing new ones is hard, right? Uh, yeah. So it, it also feels like it's two, two such different things to say you have to be a good storyteller and you have to be data driven. Like if, even though they do go hand in hand when you kind of think about it at a deeper level, it seems like for any, for a marketer to have both those skills and be really strong at them, it seems like it just takes a lot of work and, and a lot of time to kind of get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> as, as someone who probably knows, yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> uh, not yeah. straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and sometimes, you know, we like, we'll have a, a client prospect um, and it's clear that they, you know, th that, that they're, they're trying to slap a bandaid on the problem by adopting, you know, our, our, our platform. Um, and yeah, the reality is you got, you got to, you know, you, you don't just treat the symptom, you treat the problem. And, you know, and if there's fundamental brokenness or misalignment, um, then you can, you know, keep producing a ton of bad content that is packaged more beautifully and not move the needle 
as much. Um, and, uh, and, and so, you know, we, we find ourselves often, whether we like it or not, <laughs> in a bit of a, you know, broader kind of like strategy or therapy session uh, while talking with some marketers that are interested in our software to, um, to recognize, you know, it might be a little bit longer before we, we close that, that, that sale because there's work that needs to be done before they can, you know, ultimately realize the value of the platform. Um, we can make things a little prettier in the meantime, but, you know, um, crappy dry content is crappy dry content, even if it's pretty. Right. Okay. So, so let's talk about your platform then. Um, it's a content marketing solution. And, and then I was looking at your website and it says, you know, Fable is content marketing management and publishing for the efficient production of highly engaging data-driven content pages at scale. That's a huge, huge mouthful. Like, so what actually does your platform do? Yeah, our platform automates designers, creative agencies, and developers uh, as relates to taking content and getting it out the door in a format that is beautiful, that is immersive, and that ultimately grabs and holds attention which are the precursors to increased conversion. So we see so much focus on that, uh, you know, that, that dead bottom of the funnel conversion moment and so many tools and so much energy going into driving increased conversion. And what we've observed over the years is that, you know, similar to, uh, you know, using the wrong muscle groups to try to force something into being that ultimately could come much more naturally and organically if different muscle groups were used by focusing on the experience of content, provided your house is in order from a content strategy and content creation standpoint, you know, that's sort of the precursor. But if those things are there, um, you know, focusing on the experience and ensuring that marketers themselves have a single source solution, a single tool set that is easy to use, that makes sense, that they can drive on their own without perpetually going back to the web team and marketing operations and third-party agencies and design teams and branding teams. They can take their messages, they can lay them out into formats that are on brand, that incorporate different types of media, video, audio, uh, you know, galleries of images, slideshows, background animations, etc., and ship them uh, uh, very quickly, um, and as a result, uh, you know, drive phenomenal, uh, you know, conversions uh, because they put the content and the experience of the content first, and didn't get bogged down with the how do we translate this idea for a campaign that we have with the content that we've got into a format that we can get out the door quickly and in budget. Um, so that's the specific problem in, uh, in content marketing that we solve for is that, you know, content marketers are effectively media publishers today. You know, when we look at brand newsrooms, we look at, you know, branded magazines, uh, you know, we, we, we look at these, um, you know, phenomenal uh, life, you know, lifestyle storytelling initiatives by the Patagonias and the REIs of the world. Uh, you know, some of the most incredible storytelling and media publishing is coming from brands, not media publishers. Yet, marketers that are doing that work are very ill-equipped for the task at hand because the majority of the software in the MarTech space was not built as media publishing software. And that's what we, those behind Fable, 
did for 15 years. We ran a media publishing organization that was focused on visual storytelling based media. And in so doing, we built a ton of data and a ton of web tools to enable our teams of content uh, uh, managers, of marketers, to piece together these phenomenal experiences of the content, get them out the door quickly, low cost, on scale, with you know, tremendous visibility uh, as far as measurement is concerned. And we have taken all of that experience and all of this software that we built over many, many years in our media publishing uh, uh, business and re-architected it for third-party use, therefore enabling this transformation, which is well underway, uh, regarding marketers becoming media publishers. So now they have the right tool for the job that they're already doing. And as marketers become aware of Fable and they see the platform, I can't even tell you the response, you know, it, it's, it, it's deeply personal for them. They're like, oh my God, where have you been? I, I just got back from a few days of content marketing world um, you know, a few weeks ago in Cleveland. Um, and I was at our booth on the floor and um, by day two, you know, th th there were literally two lines of marketers waiting for conversations and demos of, of the platform. And, um, and it was, I mean, it, it was great from a business development standpoint, but it was, it was great from just a burst of wind in the sales standpoint to realize that these marketers are doing work that they don't have the right tools to do. And my dad used to always say, you got to have the right tool for the right job. Um, and I remember, you know, one time we were like in the garage working on a lawnmower and uh, the spark plug needed to be changed. And, um, and I, I, I grabbed an open-ended like deep socket uh, 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 a tool that, that kind of fit on there, but it was the, it, it was the wrong size. And I was like, oh yeah, we can get it out with this. And my dad was like, no, 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 we're going to hop in the car. We're going to drive to the hardware store. It's five minutes from here. So we're going to spend 15 minutes to get the right tool because you got to have the right tool for the right job. And I was like, yeah, but we have this one. Can't we just hack it? You know, we can just make it work. Um, and he's like, right. And when we do that, we're going to strip the threading on the spark plug. It's going to be stuck in the head. We're going to have to take it to the repair man. He's going to then, you know, take off the head. He's going to have to get this thing out. He's going to have to rethread it. It's going to cost hundreds of dollars and it's going to be two weeks from now before we can finish cutting the grass. So let's take the 15 minutes and get the right tool for the job. And that stuck with me. It has my entire life. And, um, and more and more, you know, we realize that marketers don't have the right tool for the job they're doing today as media publishers. And that's why we built Fable so that they do. Yeah. So there, yeah, there are definitely lots of different technologies available, but don't give you, all the capabilities that you need. So is this a SaaS? This is a SaaS solution that they kind of do a subscription license to? That's right, exactly. And and how does it how does it integrate with, with websites or does it allow them if they wanted to to actually build their website as well? Well, it does support, uh, you know, full-blown website uh, creation and, and management, albeit um, not what we're focused on from a positioning standpoint. Um, you know, displacing you know, WordPress or Sitecore or Drupal or Adobe Experience Manager um, is, is not really our game, um, but rather providing a tool that plugs into those sites and absolves the marketer's dependency on those systems and everything that goes along with them um, is, is very much our game. So uh, the, the typical approach is that, you know, when we look at what content marketers are responsible for 
within the context of the website content ecosystem for the organization that they're marketing for. Um, it's a section of the site. Right. Um, and creating a content repository, creating a destination to which the, the, the marketing content uh, can be published has tremendous benefits um, and long tail benefits. Um, you know, we can extend the lifetime value of content when we create a specific destination that becomes the central repository that can be distributed, that can be repurposed, that can be sliced and diced to social campaigns, et cetera. But having a home for that content. Um, is tremendously important and something that we increasingly see happening. So Fable can connect to that section of the website and become that media publishing engine behind the section of the site that the marketer is responsible for and in turn drives likely the most engagement with the website at large <laughs> outside an occasional maybe like e-commerce example or something where they're in a bunch of product pages. Right. So it's like not like Uberflip, but in the same general kind of category? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're like besties with Uberflip. Uh, so we definitely occupy the content experience uh, segment of content marketing. Um, and we play really nicely with Uberflip. In fact, we are partners. Uh, we have an integration with Uberflip. Uh, and Uberflip is doing an incredible job at connecting content uh, that is pretty disconnected uh, into a single hub. Uh, or multiple hubs of content uh, that, uh, that, that is then fed or are then fed by streams of content coming from, you know, blogs and, uh, and, and social media content marketing programs, et cetera. Um, then by their connectivity to personalization um, tools, uh, to, you know, CRMs, uh, there can be uh, specific content hubs for specific segments of, of the database. Um, the, the area that Fable plays really nicely with um, regarding Uberflip is that when you look at an Uberflip hub, which is represented by an on-brand uh, kind of, I don't know, assembly of tiles, right? You have an image yeah. with a, a little tagline and a, and a description, um, and then you click on one of those tiles, you then access the underlying content asset, whether it was a LinkedIn post or a blog post, or a case study, or a white paper. Well, in the, in, in the latter three examples that I just listed, blog post, case study, white paper, more often than not, the experience begins to fall apart very quickly because the tool that was used or the delivery format for that content was very subpar as compared to today's content consumption standards. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking about like the dreaded PDF right now. Um, right. And, Fable can be used to create really immersive, you know, sort of experiential, highly visual, uh, long form content uh, uh, pages or multi-page executions that can then be connected to the Uberflip uh, account and streamed in so that when you click on the tile for a white paper about you know, cloud security, you have an edge-to-edge -edge immersive uh, uh, delivery of that that is consistent with the introductory experience afforded by that Uberflip hub uh, and is web-based, is mobile responsive, and as a result provides tremendous granularity for the marketer surrounding the content interaction or content consumption behaviors of that specific you know, uh, account 
behind that long form piece of content that can then be, you know, closed out and you can go on to the next piece of content. Um, and based on the recommendation and the Netflixification of B2B marketing content that Uberflip is very good at, you can think of, you know, Fable as populating, you know, maybe it's the, uh, like the, the movies, <laughs> uh, that feed into that uh, Netflix account. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, Uberflip creating connectivity between shorter form and longer form content elements in a really cohesive, smooth experience. So we plug those huge leaks in the funnel um, that, uh, th that, that are otherwise often present um, relative to the underlying format or delivery mechanism for the, you know, the, the, the longer form uh, or, or um, you know, multi-page kind of experience of content. Okay, but you can also provide that hub experience yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep, yep. So yeah, so you know, a, a great uh, a great example would be. Um, I mean, if I think about like w one of my favorite uh, clients, um, well, Oracle is one. I mean, they 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 produced a phenomenal uh, campaign for the customer experience group using Fable, uh, and uh, and they they created basically content portals uh, for a variety of segments from their database, uh, targeting commerce teams, service teams, marketing teams, retail teams. Um, and then they aggregated them into a single uh, uh, kind of microsite, um, all built with Fable. Um, and then each of those uh, segmented content portals had a whole well of content that could be drawn from by the account that was uh, accessing the associated, um, uh, you know, say segment or vertical. Um, and, uh, and so there's not only visibility surrounding, you know, oh, like, the, you know, somebody came in through the marketing channel and they actually went and consumed a whole bunch of service content as well. Um, so now, you know, obviously they're shopping for service related uh, uh, software and let's add them to the you know associated campaigns, uh, but then for that um, you know prospective customer that is in fact shopping for service content, um, they're now uh, I'm sorry for for service based solutions they're now getting service based content because of the tracking afforded by that that really great uh, experience. So there was an initial uh, kind of landing page, if you will, that then promoted content in these different sub segments, each of which was a pretty deep well of content. Um, and then all of the user behavior uh, between uh, what was tracked and served back into, uh, in that case, um, I think it was Eloqua that they're running because that's that, that's their you know CRM. So how does how does how does it work with personalization? Is there a way to do personalization with with Fable? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know we are not a a, a personalization platform. Um, we, we know that there are a lot of uh, players in the space that wake up every morning to do that better than anybody else. Um, we wake up every morning to, you know, drive better content experience. Um, but we also know that personalization is a, a huge piece of that. And so, uh, as a result, we provide support for an integration with personalization tools. So uh, on the account level, uh, Fable accounts can be connected to uh, to, to uh, marketing automation solutions. Um, and on the page level, um, there are also page tags. Uh, there are, uh, you know, in, embeddable pixels that can be added to pages. So you can create uh, a personalized experience relative to 
connectivity between a marketing automation platform and a Fable account um, by, uh, by, by feeding the, the right content to the right account based on the targeting database segmentation, AIs, et cetera, uh, behind that uh, more sophisticated marketing flow. Okay. Um, I've, seen, I've seen instances where um, a, a brand might create a white paper and they want to create it, they want to send it out to maybe 10 different companies and they have like a, a paragraph or something in the introductory part that's very specific to that company. Can you do that with, with Fable, with, within the online version of the white paper? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yep, it's actually very easy to do. Um, we've created a process for taking a, a longer form piece of, of content, like a white paper, um, and building it out as a series of connected pages uh, or as one really long uh, kind of, you know, edge to edge vertical scroll format with sections that are then defined with specific anchors um, that, uh, that provide navigation, organization, and the ability to target to those associated sections. So, um, yeah, we, we, uh, we're, we're on a mission to kill the PDF, uh, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> Which do you find performs better, the big, long pillar skyscraper page or the page that has multiple pages connected to it so that you kind of move between web, web pages? Um, I find that the, the, the longer, uh, the longer page with great organization and, uh, and in paper navigation, uh, performs better. Okay. That's interesting. All right. Um, so let's talk about, um, analysis and measuring performance, because obviously we can create these great experiences if we don't know if they're successful, cause we're not measuring how well they're doing. How, how does Fable support that? Yeah, well, I mean, we, we refer to um, the, the Fable Analytics uh, dashboard as being focused on metrics that matter. So, you know, no longer um, is the conversation, or, or I should say, no longer should the conversation be about vanity metrics like impressions. Um, you know, we, we, we look at the rise of the, you know, the, the CPM or the CPC model, um, and really that was rooted in, you know, driving revenue to media publishers and to ad exchanges, um, but not about, uh, you know, meaningful, measurable uh, engagement. Um, so what, what we focus on is what happens once a user gets to a page of content. Um, and there's a, a, a very uh, granular uh, set of analytics that Fable offers its clients in a super clean uh, dashboard. Um, th that's another problem that we solve for is a lot of marketers will tell you that, you know, wading through Google Analytics reports um, is the bane of their existence, but it's yeah. something that they need to do. Um, so we really drill in on, uh, you know, in addition to page level metrics like time on page or scroll depth, um, we look at uh, which portions of the page of content are driving engagement. So you can take a page uh, that's built with Fable and you can click on content and you can break it into its parts and you can see, you know, all 16 images and all four videos. Uh, you can look at quotations. You can look at which of those media assets have been shared across which social channels. You can look at call to action buttons. You can look at the hover rate or the intent rate versus the click through rate. Um, and so, you know, in so doing, we can understand 
how the use of media, how the organization of the components that comprise a page lead to the deeper scroll depth, the higher conversion rate on the CTA button, the increased uh, share rate across the media assets that are made shareable in that page. Um, we provide uh, data on, uh, you know, not only geographies, but languages uh, uh, spoken for, uh, you know, for, for global audiences. We provide data on not just desktop versus mobile, but on mobile, uh, you know, who's on the Android platform, who's on the iOS platform uh, for desktop users, not just desktop, but, you know, what browsers uh, are being used so that you can perpetually inform content strategy based on the realities of who your audience is, where they are, when they are, what device they are uh, leveraging when accessing your content to not only continue to drive better business results, but you do that by creating better experiences and those insights afford um, you know, the data to you know, improve and evolve the strategy, which hopefully is a living, breathing thing um, because <laughs> that's content marketing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, can you, does the data, the data integrate with the CRMs or with um, Uberflip to kind of give you a more overall view of the performance? Yeah, so uh, we uh, we support uh, all of the, the the usual suspects in uh, the, the the analytics space. So, uh, in addition to the Fable Analytics, um, which you know aggregates the the data for the Fable powered content pages and serves it into a really clean UI user interface, um, we also provide support for all of the uh, targeting, retargeting, you know, tracking. Uh, pixels from third parties like Google Analytics, uh, Eloqua, Responsys. Um, and so you, you can set up your Fable account with connectivity to, you know, all of the other marketing analytics tools um, that, that you're running and then serve the data from the engagement with your Fable powered content back into those other tools um, that might be, uh, you know, alive and well throughout other areas of the organization. So in that way, it's sort of like a, a two-way data exchange, I would say. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, the short answer is absolutely. Okay, cool. And and you said, um, you said about language. So is it's multilingual as well? Uh, we support, uh, yeah. So we we use a, a, a Unicode uh, font support system. Uh, so um, there's also a duplication feature. Uh, there's a page migration feature. So, you know, if I'm a, an organization that's running the same campaign in three different markets, you know, North America, EMEA, and APAC, I can build the campaign uh, in the you know, North American account. I can then transfer copies to EMEA and APAC respectively, swap out the text with the translated language. The platform supports, you know, the Asian characters and, and, and all the, you know, European language versions. Uh, and then you can deploy them, um, you know, very efficiently. Um, so yeah, we, we do support, um, uh, you know, it, it, the, the uh, you know, international uh, marketing organization uh, and provide really great efficiency tools uh, for, you know, managing the same uh, content, same campaigns, uh, you know, across different markets. I think, I think that's a big differentiator for you, isn't it? Doesn't seem like a lot of the content marketing tools are doing that. 
Yeah, I, I think it is. Um, and I think in large part, um, you know, some of uh, that uh, was informed by our media publishing uh, business and having, you know, global audiences and recognizing that, um, you know, a, a lot of content <clears throat> um, that we were producing for North America was highly relevant to, you know, other audiences in other parts of the world and trying to drive efficiency, uh, you know, surrounding our process for delivering those audiences with that content without having to reinvent the wheel every time. So um, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of where Fable is today, I would say, has been informed by, you know, early customer adoption and feedback. Um, and at the same time, um, you know, a, 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 a substantial portion of the feature set was informed just by our lived experience. And that's a great example of, of, of um, you know, the, the latter. Like, that's not something uh, that we had to be asked for. It was just something that we kind of built. <laughs> Hmm. Um, so obviously that means that you're definitely focused on the, the enterprise market because that's mostly who would want this kind of globalization capabilities. Um, yeah, I mean, we are and we're not. We're definitely focused on the enterprise and we've built for scale and a lot of our early, uh, you know, adopters are large global enterprises. Um, uh, you know, at the same time, we recognize that uh, you know, a lot of the tools that are being sold to SMB marketers, uh, it, you know, is is kind of subpar. Um, and we, you know, we like that Fable is such a scalable and agile and flexible platform. Um, and uh, and so we've built accessible, uh, you know, price points and packages, um, you know, for uh, smaller businesses, uh, for individual product marketing groups, for example, uh, that might, um, uh, you know, uh, once they adopt, you know, socialize the solution and, and, and lead to an enterprise account. So we've got, you know, kind of small, medium and large, uh, uh, pricing support. Um, and, you know, under the hood is the enterprise engine. Uh, but we've got some, you know, really, uh, great ways to access, that powerful technology for smaller brand and product marketers as well. Cool. Okay. All right. Um, final question. Um, you've got a great website. I mean, I think the experience there is great, but I found it interesting that you had, you have no blog or resources section or about us section on your website. And, and, and then when I was looking, I think it was on LinkedIn on your company page, I saw a newsletter but I didn't see a way to sign up to it. So I was kind of just curious, how, how is Fable telling its story? <laughs> yeah, we are, we're a classic case of uh, like the, the cobbler's children running around barefoot. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we um, you know, it, it's been such an interesting process for us in building this company out of our previous media publishing company. It was something that like in many ways happened to us. I mean, we, we've, we, obviously we put a stake in the ground and we decided that we were going to do this and we we're going to rebuild this technology as an enterprise, uh, you know, platform for third party use. And we re-architectured a lot of the tools that we'd built, you know, in-house um, as, as in-house tools. But, you know, we are just barely getting going. And I think our own marketing is indicative of that. Um, as we've brought this solution uh, to market, uh, we've been really busy keeping up with the inbound interest and the sort of network effect 
Um, uh, but I will say right now we're in the process of building our own marketing organization. And uh, I expect to, you know, delight audiences here shortly with a bunch of branded content uh, that we currently have in development. We have some big plans in that regard. So you're definitely, you know, pointing out something we're aware of and, uh, and look forward to, um, you know, put, putting shoes on our children here pretty soon. Yeah, no, and, and it was, it was just interesting because I, I've kind of looked, watched you went, you know, on Twitter and, and the stuff on LinkedIn. And it just sounds like you have so many great, interesting things to say and a great perspective, but I wasn't seeing that kind of mm. with your brand. <laughs> so it was just like, that, that didn't make sense to me. So I just was curious. But, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Cool. No, you're, 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 you're right. Um, and it, it's something that, um, you know, as, uh, as our, our teams grow um, and we're able to um, you know, take a bunch of stuff off my plate. I look forward to doing, you know, a lot more uh, speaking and, and, and writing and brand publishing on behalf of Fable. Um, and we also have some really awesome folks that um, we've been building relationships with um, who will be uh, developing content, um, you know, on, under the Fable brand. So uh, we expect to, you know, hopefully share those perspectives um, much more loudly and much more frequently here in, in the year to come. Will you do your own podcast? I, there may be something in development. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good. I see that would be yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, perfect. That's great. Thanks very much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Great speaking with you.